Let's listen to God's word today, and like I say, we're going to start at Hebrews chapter 5, starting at verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, the observant amongst you might have noticed a sense of deja vu. That is the exact same reading that we looked at together last week as our takeover service. And no, I'm not going slightly do lally. It wasn't a mistake. This was a deliberate decision. Today, we are continuing our series that we started last week called Grow Up. Uh, And uh, we will see today and throughout the rest of this series, uh, that one aspect of discipleship, an aspect of following Jesus, is that we all need to grow up in our faith. Uh, And we're going to be looking at this theme up until the summer and then over the next few weeks and months into the autumn term as well in different guises. One of the joys of being a preacher is that everyone has an an opinion on what you preach and how you preach it. Some people love sermons. Uh, There's a few of them, not very many, but there's a few. Uh, Some people hate them. I hope there's even fewer of them, but you never know. Some people wish they could be longer. Some people wish they should be shorter. Some people like one preacher, but not another. Some people just like the stories. Uh, And other people question whether it's really appropriate for one person to stand at the front and talk for a little while um, instead. Do people even listen anymore? I don't know. That's up to you. I can speak. It's up to you how you listen. Anyway, it is even being said to me that I much prefer a children's talk than a sermon. Now, whilst that might be fine, it might be true, it's, uh, I also think that this can say a lot about our discipleship. As we were reminded last week, the writer to the letter of Hebrews expected Christians to be able to grow up in their faith. And whilst good children talks can help us to grow if we remain at a depth that is designed for children and don't appreciate the full depth of God's word, we will never fully grow into maturity in our faith in Jesus. If we don't engage with the Bible deeply, we will never grow up because maturity comes from the word of God. A few weeks ago now, uh, you'll remember Julia, one of our, our church members, preached. And as she preached, she pointed out that the Bible is the word of God. Yes, we ticked that box. We recognize that the Bible is good and true. That's another tick. But also, she said, it's a big, complex book that can be difficult to understand. Great academic minds who work in Cambridge University still come with different ideas and different views of what the Bible is saying. Do we recognize 
how complex the Bible can sometimes be. If we, if we just read a verse in isolation, we, we will never get to the full depths of what God is trying to say to us, his people. When we read the Bible, we need to wrestle with it. We need to digest it if we are to grow up in our faith. As I was preparing uh, for this message, I came across this quote that I thought I'd share with you this morning and hopefully it'll pop up on the screen. Some Christians uh, are indeed eager for ready, uh, or, and ready for solid food. But I deeply regret in many churches, in Western Europe at least, it seems that most people can be persuaded, to, or the most people can be persuaded, sorry, to take on board is another small helping of warm milk. When you read comments like that, it's very easy to feel got at, doesn't it? Now, firstly, if that's you this morning, don't worry. I didn't say it. A former bishop and academic scholar did, so you can direct any complaints to him rather than me. Uh, and secondly, uh, if you're still feeling got at for me for quoting such a quote, we're going to prove Tom Wright wrong, and that pun is intended, that I intended, by doing a deep dive into this passage together last week. We looked at this passage and we enjoyed the warm spiritual milk of the passage, but today we're going to take a deeper look together. And as we go deeper, we'll see not only the value of preaching, but more importantly, the value of engaging with the Bible, the value of going deeper into it that we might know more of God's goodness that he has revealed to us through Jesus. So before we go any further, let's pray and pray that God will be speaking to us this morning. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that is contained within it, for the wonderful truths of who you are. And Lord, we long to know more of you. And so as we gather together, as we look at this passage together, would you continue to speak to our hearts, to speak to our minds? Would you continue to reveal more of the wonder of who you are and how we can best follow you? and walk in your footsteps, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we come to look at this passage, we first of all need to be mindful of the context in which the passage is written. Hebrews is a little bit of a tricky book um, and a bit of a mystery to biblical scholars because no one's completely sure who it is who wrote it. Uh, but as you look at the whole letter... One thing is clear is that whoever wrote it had a deeply pastoral heart. He was someone who cared about God's people. He wanted to be with them. He wanted to enjoy their company. But as we read this passage, it's also clear that he was willing to call them out when they got things wrong, when they were taking a, a step down the wrong path. He was willing to make corrective action or take corrective action. He was willing to look out for them, to encourage them to grow up in their faith. Often we get this idea that pastoral care is about someone being loving to us, being kind to us, putting an arm around the shoulder, and that's good and that's true and that's right. But sometimes being loving and kind and being pastorally sensitive to people means that we need to call out issues that we see and that's what we find in these verses. Uh, 
that we've read together today. The name of our series, Grow Up, might be one that is confronting to you. I've said that phrase to our boys on numerous occasions. Uh, Occasionally, Rachel has said it to me, and on none of those occasions was it meant as a compliment. Uh, I know it's hard to believe, but this is the message that the writer wants the church to hear. As the minister and as the pastor of this church, one of my jobs is to help us all to continue to grow up in our faith together. One community getting closer and more like Jesus day by day. So over the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at some of these pastoral challenges that the writer is specifically writing in this letter to the Hebrews. So in verse 11, the the writer or the passage starts with the writer saying, we have much to say about this. So the question is, what's he talking about? Well, if you take a look back in your Bibles to verses 7 to 10, we see that the writer has just given a wonderful description of the life and ministry of Jesus. And it culminates with this wonderful declaration that once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was made priest in the order of Melchizedek. This theme of priesthood And Melchizedek is one that runs throughout the book of Hebrews, and we don't have time to go into it today. But one message is clear. The writer wants people to know that they have more to share about Jesus. There's more that people could know about Jesus. Jesus is the source of eternal salvation. There is more they can know about him, but... There is good news to be shared. Jesus is good. There's so much more you can know about him. But, verse 11 tells us, it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Just take a moment to let that sink in. You no longer try to understand. If you want to see Jesus, you need to try to understand him. You need to look for him. You need to be willing to go deeper with him. I often wander around our house looking for things that I can't find. And then when I can't find it, I do what all good husbands do and turn to the all-knowing wife and say, have you seen this? And inevitably, Rachel goes to it, lifts something up, gives it to me, and then walks away saying, why were you even looking in the first place? If we want to see the fullness of Jesus, then we too need to look for him in order to understand him. Trying to understand means that we need to lift things up from time to time. We need to dig below the surface level. We need to see new and hidden depths and wonders that can be revealed for us. Otherwise, we will miss out on the wonder that there is to be seen. There's always more that we can find out about Jesus. The question is, are we trying to understand it? Are we willing to be curious in our faith? May we not miss out on more of Jesus because we are content with what we already know. Regardless of how well you think you know Jesus, 
there is always more that can be found. And finding Jesus is worth it because he is the source of eternal salvation. Don't miss out on finding more about Jesus. One way that we grow up in our faith is by growing in influence. Verse 12 is pretty blunt uh, as the church is challenged that they ought to be teachers, but they still need teaching themselves. Growing up in our faith not only impacts our lives, but it also influences others in their lives, in their faith. Growing up means we don't sit in church and just consume. Growing up means that instead we become givers. We step into leadership in positions of influence, passing on the faith that we have learnt to others around us. If someone came into church this morning and asked you, who was Jesus? Why do you believe what you believe? Why do you gather together on a Sunday morning? What would you say? And you're not allowed to say, go and speak to Matt. <laughs> we individually are called to grow in our influence of others. Those of us who are parents are glad to know that the wonderful teachers who teach our kids aren't still in primary school. Instead, they've grown in their knowledge. They have learned, they've been trained so that they might influence those coming up behind them. And the same is true of the church. We too need to grow up in order to be people of influence. If you have been a follower of Jesus for a couple of years, your knowledge and faith in Jesus should be different to what it was a year ago. If you have been a follower of Jesus for 50 years, your faith and knowledge of Jesus should be different to what it was 20 years ago and a year ago because we're all continually to know more of who Jesus is. Paul shared this same message with the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said this, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, merely infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. We've talked a lot over recent weeks and months as a church together about being a church that fans the flame of the Spirit in our lives and in our church. And if we are to live by the Spirit, we can't remain as spiritual infants. We need to get ready to grow up. We need to be prepared to influence others. We need to be prepared to take a lead. So why does growing up matter? Well, it matters because if we don't grow up, we become ineffective. The message to the Hebrews is that they had given up trying to grow up and their lack of maturity meant that they were unable to teach and to influence others. They couldn't communicate and share the good news of Jesus. They had become ineffective. They were not living by the Spirit, but as people who were living by the world. 
their faith was not being lived out in their lives. Growing up also matters because if we don't grow up, we hold other people back in their faith. Instead of being Christians who help others, the church is told that they still need help themselves. This holds back not only the people who the church could be helping and sharing their faith with, but it also holds back those who are coming in to try and help us who could also be going out and helping other people. The net result is negative. Instead of the church being effective and helping people in their faith, instead we're just constantly needing help ourselves. Growing up matters because not doing so affects our faith and it affects the faith of those around us. Growing up matters because this is about the gospel and the good news of Jesus. The good news of his kingdom being established here on earth as it is in heaven. He is the source of eternal salvation. We see it and we know it when we grow up. Jesus didn't come just to, or to die for us that we would stay the same. Jesus came that we might grow into his likeness, that we might know his eternal salvation of which he is the source. Jesus wants us to grow and make a difference to the people around us. He doesn't want us to become stuck. Being a disciple means being stretched it involves embracing the growing pains of not knowing quite what we think or why we think it, that we might then grow into maturity as followers of Jesus. Maturity is not about how old you are. Maturity is a state of mind. It needs to be developed. It needs to be grown. So if we are to be grown up, if we're going to be mature, then we need to be willing to change. Verse 12 tells us that maturity comes from teaching the elementary truths of God's word. If we are to be mature, then we need to engage with the Bible, with the word of God. And the best way to do that is to read it, to study it, to understand it, to think about it. We'll be looking more at this in uh, September together. But studying the Bible involves reading it, questioning it, making time, battling to understand it, being willing to let the Bible speak to us rather than just reading it as if it was a fiction novel and let it speak into our lives and into our hearts that we might be changed. Paul put it this way in Romans 12 verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good and pleasing, perfect and perfect will. Growing up changes us. Growing up means allowing our minds to be renewed and transformed. So let me ask you another question. Where have you changed your mind since you started following Jesus? Or during the process that you've been following Jesus, where have you changed your mind? If you have not changed your mind, 
the likelihood is you've not been growing. Jesus comes to change us. So may we continue to grow and with an open mind be willing to be changed by God's word as Jesus enters into our lives. As we grow up, we are also changed for good. Transformation is at the heart of the gospel. Verse 13 tells us that growing up enables us to become acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, or in my language, and more simply put in the New Living Translation, puts it, knowing how to do right. Growing up helps us to know how to live, to find the life in all its fullness that Jesus offers to us all. If we just consume a diet of milk rather than a solid food, if we don't go deeper into God's word, then we won't know what it is that God thinks is good and right. But this verse is about more than just a practical self-help guide. The word that is translated righteousness in our Bibles in verse 13 can also be translated to mean the word justice. Justice and righteousness sit together in the kingdom of God. Jesus came to put not just our lives into order, but to put the world right. That the, that the good news of the gospel, that is the good news, sorry, of the gospel. Our world might appear broken, but Jesus has come to fix it. Our world might seem like it's unjust, but Jesus comes to bring justice into the injustice. The full point is that as we grow up, that we might know at the entire message of God's healing, restoration, and salvation, not just in our lives, but throughout the world. He wants us to grow up and see the way that God is unveiling his goodness for all the world to see. This is about more than just our own individual righteousness it's more than our own individual self-help guide. This is about the establishment of the kingdom of God. And God's kingdom comes when we are willing to grow up. God's kingdom comes when we are willing to be changed for good. Every time we read the Bible, every time we listen to a sermon, every time we encounter the word of God, as we do so, we're setting ourselves up for a life-changing moment. As we open our Bibles, as we encounter Jesus, the source of eternal salvation, we get the opportunity to know him and see him some more. As we encounter Jesus, we are changed as we grow into his likeness together, changing not only our own lives, but revealing the kingdom of God to the world around us. The joy of growing up is that we get to see more of Jesus. We see more of his goodness, more of his justice, more of his kingdom. Growing up might not always be easy. It requires effort and time. It means that sometimes we're uncomfortable and experience the pain of growing up and growing pains. But one thing's for sure, 
growing up will never leave us disappointed because it is as we grow that we see more of the goodness of God. So may we never stop growing deeper, that we might never stop growing, that the kingdom of God might be expanded in and through us. Let's pray. Jesus, as we gather together this morning, as we gather around your word, we praise you that you are the source of eternal salvation. And Lord God, we want to know more of you. Lord, forgive us for those times where we might be guilty of failing to try to understand who you are. We pray this morning, maybe for even those of us here who are saying, do you know what, this guy, Jesus, there's something about him. I want to know more about him for the first time. Lord, would you reveal more of who you are to us, we pray. Lord, we thank you for the way that we have all grown up in our faith to this point. But Lord, we pray that we would never be complacent but that we would always be willing to know more of you and to take those next steps in our faith as we continue to grow in our walk with you. And Lord, we pray that as we grow up, we might know more of your goodness. We might know more of your righteousness. We might know more of your justice. And we might see more of your kingdom being revealed to us and through us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.